welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast, where we give you tangible, actionable tips to help you lead your best life. Not only that, but we are sharing stories of women who are doing fascinating things all around the world. They're from all walks of life, different kinds of jobs, different kinds of passions, and they're sharing their stories so that you can get inspired and motivated and go for what your dreams are. So today on the podcast, we have Katie Collins. Now, for those of you who don't know Katie, she is known to British media as the backpacking Bridget Jones. So what does that mean? That means that shortly before, uh, so Katie was engaged to be married, shortly before the wedding, her fiance called it off. Now, rather than doing what I would have done, which is to bury myself in Ben and Jerry's and hide under the covers, Katie decided to sell all her belongings and to travel around the world, starting in Thailand. So she started a website called Not Wed or Dead, and I absolutely love the name of it. And it became not just a place to share her travel journeys, but it evolved into so much more. And we talk about that on the podcast today. So Katie is a blogger. She is a travel writer. She is an author, and she is about to launch her fourth book called Chasing the Sun. So we talk about that in today's podcast. We refer to it as the fourth book because at the time of recording, We didn't actually know what the title was going to be. The publisher hadn't determined it yet. So when we say fourth book, we mean Chasing the Sun. So today, Katie and I talk about her blog, about her journey from heartbreak to travel, about her about her belief of the importance of a positive attitude, all the things that have helped her on the way, greatest life lessons, her publishing journey, and her experience, her best tips for writers out there. So there's a little something for everybody. I had such a blast interviewing Katie. Now, if you want to find out how to win a copy of Katie's book, just listen to the end of the podcast and in the outro, I will tell you exactly how you can enter to win a copy of her book. So without further ado, let's head over to the interview. Well, thank you very much, Katie, for joining the Girl Tries Life podcast. We're really excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I'm hoping you can give us a quick recap of your story, kind of what brought the Not Wet or Dead website to life. Yeah, so Not Wet or Dead started as my blog, just to let my friends and family know that I was going to be safe and alive when I started out on my solo travel adventure. Um, It was back in December 2012. And yeah, it was just a way to kind of keep in touch with people rather than going down the whole social media route. And I'd really, I've always loved writing and I just thought, well, let's try and share this story. Um, So that's kind of, and the name, Not Wed or Dead, that came about because um, I had been recently jilted before my big uh, wedding. So it was another kind of reason to say this, this awful breakup happened. I picked myself up. And I was going off on this incredible adventure by myself, and I wanted to share this journey I was going on with, with I, I thought, just my friends and family at the time, and then it turned out quite a lot of other people followed too. So tell me a little bit about how quick you made that decision from, from the relationship breaking down to actually deciding you were going to go and travel. Like, was it a gut instinct, or did you take some time with it? Oh, yeah, it, I took a lot of time. I think with a breakup ended a few months before 
And because I quit my job, sold my house, sold my car, sold all my belongings, it's not one of those things you can just do overnight. And I also needed time, as as I'm sure you know, and and listeners will will understand. When you've when you've had a really awful breakup, you've been with someone for so many years, and you're so kind of confused with with what you want to do and achieve out of life, and this new path that you kind of find yourself on. You do need some time just to kind of take a breath, get yourself together and get yourself mentally in a really good place. I think if I'd have just stepped on the plane the very next day, I would have been straight back home. (laughs) Yeah. And so what was this, what did the trip look like? Was it a few months? Was it an extended period? Yeah, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a year. So the first place I went to Thailand, that was my first stop. And I kind of had a vague itinerary of where I wanted to go. So I wanted to go to Thailand, uh, India, Nepal, Australia and I thought I'd find myself in Australia get myself a visa and kind of base myself there for a bit of a a longer length of time but um, unfortunately there was a death in the family so I kind of changed plans came back home again regrouped got myself back together again and found myself living in France where I based myself for two and a half years as continuously going off on travels and and I went around South America and just last year I, I ticked off 12 different countries quite long haul countries as well. So I've kind of not been constantly on the road, but I feel like I have. That's awesome. And you're doing some of this as a travel freelance writer, is that right? Yeah, so I write um, for some travel publications and I have my blog. And then the, the main thing that kind of came out of this was to jot my thoughts and my feelings of my journey down um, into a novel, which eventually became Destination Thailand, which was my debut novel. And amazingly, HarperCollins, the publishers, they picked this up and they offered me what became a six-book deal following this this adventures. Six books? I thought it was three. That's incredible. Yeah, it was three to start with, and then they they offered another another three to the deal. So it's it was a complete whirlwind. In, and it's my, my wildest dreams, I never thought anyone would read any of my writing. So to have six books in in paperback and they've been translated and audiobook and it's. It's been a real pinch me moment, but just goes to show, I guess, how picking yourself up from such a horrible breakup and and going to to see the world and and do your own thing, amazing things can happen when you kind of least expect it. Yeah. And did you have intentions of writing a book? Like, was this a lifelong dream or? Oh, yeah. I've always been one of those people that's like, one day I'll write a book, one day. But you know, I didn't really get round to it. And I think a lot of people make excuses and having the time when I was away and having just the, the stories kind of come to me, the people I met, the experiences I had, the, the kind of range of emotions that I went through. And I just thought I can't be the only one feeling like this and, and experiencing these things. I remember when when my ex did first call it all off and I was kind of completely heartbroken. And my first reaction was to go on Google and to kind of type in what to do when you've been jilted. I didn't know kind of how how this happened. And there was nothing really coming up, no kind of books or advice or anything that I could kind of get on board with. So I just thought, well, if there's nothing I can find about it, why don't I be the one to write about it? And that's kind of always been my motivation, the back for the, the past Katie, who was so upset by what happened, I would write something for her and say, look, amazing things can happen. You just have to keep positive and keep moving forward. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So in terms of your trip itself, I think a lot of, unfortunately, I think a lot of women would be intimidated to travel on their own. So what was that experience like for you? And what what advice do you have for solo travelers? 
Yeah, I I was very scared to begin with. Um, it's this, I guess it's a fear of the unknown. And being by yourself, I've, I've never been very good in my own company, and that was something I really wanted to challenge myself with. Um, and that was another reason why I wanted to go and see see different countries, different cultures. And the thing I got out of it most was that your your problems are nothing compared to kind of what other people are going through. It's a real self-assuring kind of concept to realize that you're not alone. Other people are experiencing things are much worse than you and getting about their day with a smile on their face. And it was just really nice to kind of realize that actually what, what is hurting me now won't in the future but there were times when I was scared. There were some hairy moments. There were kind of people I met when I thought my gut instinct was saying you need to kind of move off from this group or get out of this area. And um, I think personally, the, we all have this gut instinct in us, or what I like to call a spidey sense. When you just know something's slightly off, um, you might not be able to put your finger on it, but there are definitely the times when I'd say listen to that kind of inner voice and, and, and look after yourself. And what was, so you went to Thailand, Nepal, India, yeah. And what were the sort of standout experiences for you? Um, oh my gosh, each country had different kind of experiences. So I remember I had my New Year's Eve on uh, the full moon party in Thailand. I trekked through the Himalayas, just me and this this one guy in Nepal. I went to the Holy Festival in India, I went around the Taj Mahal by myself and these kind of moments that I never ever would have expected a few years ago that I'm achieving and doing on my own with no kind of people who know me from back home and having that real sense of accomplishment and surprising myself I guess I think sometimes when you put yourself out there into a a situation that's really unfamiliar you can really surprise yourself with what you're capable of if you're kind of brave enough to kind of put yourself out there I guess. Yeah and did you feel that this like major adventure of yours changed your perception of your self-worth or your personality? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm kind of not really down with all the hippie stuff of how it all, you know, I found myself and people just go on those journeys that doesn't really sit comfortably with me, but it's true. I kind of did. I, I grew up a lot. I, I learned a lot of confidence and when you're trying to barter for tuk-tuks or when you're putting your foot down on a, on a, ho- on a hostel that the, the guy's a bit sketchy or you're just finding out deals and tours and meeting people, starting conversations with complete strangers, this all creates this, this confidence in you and this understanding that actually you, you, you're doing it, you're out there, you're living life and you're doing incredible things and you should be so proud of that. It's so much easier just to kind of sit back and say, oh, one day, one day but we don't know how many one days we've got left. So why wouldn't you just kind of do as much as you can today? And it's funny, I know from from my personal experience, I would hear from friends or colleagues or whatnot, oh, I, I wish I could travel. And I'm like, but you can. I mean, it's all in what how you prioritize your spending or, and I do get the fear factor of like going on your own if you don't have a travel partner. I, I do understand that, but... I think stories like yours are really inspirational that people can get out there and do this and have incredible experiences. Totally. And there's so much, yeah, you don't have to go for a whole year by yourself with just you and your backpack. There's time you can go just around a new city in your home country. You can go on tours with other people that, that want to travel to. You could find a friend. You could, There's so many different options of getting out there and seeing the world. It doesn't have to be this big, scary, life-changing trip. Um, and I just think, it's, it's the same with writing a novel. Lots of people will say, oh, one day I'd love to do that. I will 
you know, if I had the time, if I had this, they, they don't write themselves and travel doesn't happen by itself. You have to look at your life and kind of change your priorities, I guess, to, to achieve whatever it is, whether it's to travel or write a book or whatever dream you have. It's only you that's got the power to, to achieve that. And I think it's also people realizing that in order to achieve their goals, they're going to have to say no to some things. And whether yeah. that's spending the money on on nights out or whether that's, you know, that TV time instead of writing in your chair, I think I think people have a hard time saying no. Yeah, sacrifices have to be made, like you said, with, with kind of everything in life. We don't get what we, we want on a plate handed to us. We all have to make sacrifices. And it's it's working out whether you're going to kind of you, you be in it for the long haul and are ready to make those sacrifices, knowing that in the future you're going to get a better experience. Um, and, it, and yeah, Netflix, that's the worst. Those ex- all those extra episodes they try and make you watch. Yeah, such a time waster, but so hard to say no to. <laughs> oh, for me, it's also Pinterest, the dark hole of Pinterest. <laughs> like, you can get sucked in. Yeah. yeah. So you began writing the book while you were traveling? Yeah, whilst I was out there, I was kind of jotting things down in notebooks and kind of letting my mind just kind of run away with itself, really. Lots of daydreaming, lots of listening to other people's stories. And it was only when I came back and I, and I started living in France um, that I thought I'm going to really put these things together as one. We have no idea how to plot or create characters or how to kind of set a timeline. It just It was just brain dump on the page. Um, and eventually I read quite a lot of books and, and, and listened to lots of podcasts and read lots of websites. And over time, this, this, these kind of words on a page became chapters and, and real characters. And then the story kind of came together, which was so exciting to kind of see. Um, and then I was off to submit it to publishers and agents and, um, and then got my deal. Yeah. So you went the complete traditional route, just cold cold letters and whatnot to submissions yeah so I did I had finished my whole manuscript for destination Thailand um in the, in the, the first draft stage and I sent off the first three chapters and a synopsis to agents and publishers and and just kind of crossed my fingers every day that someone would get in touch and, and say yeah we'll take you and I, I did get some rejections I got some lovely rejections that were just we're not we're not right at this time or we've got a similar author on our books and I got some complete I just got ignored by a few people but then I got a call which on would have been like our fourth wedding anniversary um, offering the a three book deal with uh, with the publishers which was just a, a real kind of twist of fate but also is so incredible yeah so sorry did you get your agent first and then or did the publisher come to you first the publishers first yeah and then the agent followed oh that's fantastic and as I understand it you also went through this program called the Womentoring. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, Womentoring, like mentoring for women, by women, for women. Um, it was set up by um, a writer called Kerry Hudson because um, she just wanted more women in the industry and, and she thought it's a very kind of male-dominated world and if it's not, then it's kind of everything is chick lit and kind of the connotations that come with that. And she just thought, we want let's kind of champion new upcoming authors and so I applied through this scheme. It's, it was totally free. And I think she's actually looking for new writers at the moment. So um, if you apply the links, that'd be great for people to check that out. 
Um, and I found this lovely lady called Rosie Blake, who's also got some fantastic books out. And she kind of became my mentor and really championed the way that my writing style was and looked through my, my, my work and kind of offered me tips and advice. And, and uh, yeah, it was really valuable to hearing from another writer and just saying, you know, you, you're not too bad. You, you can do this because it can be pretty, pretty lonely just writing by yourself. Um, so to get that feedback was, was fantastic. Yeah. And I love, I'm, I'm slightly social media stalking you for this podcast, but um, I love that you've been doing these like writers retreats with other published authors or unpublished authors as well. And just that camaraderie and that support that women have for one another. Cause I think there's the perception that women are a bit more competitive in that area. And it doesn't, doesn't seem that way at all from, from your experience. No, I, all I've met is just fantastic women from an, a range of backgrounds and ages. And with, like I said, with publishing deals, some are brand new to the scene, some are waiting for a deal, and some are, have sold half a million copies. And you could just hang out with them. From, on a, I went on a recent writing retreat, which was really helpful. But I also, if you are kind of looking to write or kind of get into this industry, Twitter, social media, any kind of social media sites are your best friends because they're the places you can start conversations and get in touch with people eat so easily saying, hey, I read your book and I loved your work and just start a conversation. And it just makes you feel a whole lot less alone. And uh, yeah, being part of this little club, is, it's, it's really great. Yeah, well, that's how we got in touch. It is, yeah. <laughs> so what is your average, now that you've kind of, You've got three books under your belt, four technically. Um, what is your average writing process? What does that look like? Oh, God, each book is different. So Thailand, the destination Thailand I wrote when I was traveling and then in France. And then I was back traveling around South America for six months. And that's where Destination India, my second novel, that kind of came to light. So I was kind of used to, to resting my little netbook in, in hostel bars and in the bedroom and just trying to get as much down as I could. Now I'm not traveling as much. Um, and I try, I try to do my, my trips kind of quite short, a bit more intense. Um, so it means that I'm writing mostly in England um, with my laptop. I've actually got myself a desk and an actual proper chair rather than just lying on a, on a sofa or a bed, which is going to have my back in the future, I think. Um, and just trying to pull to plot much more, think of characters much more. And I think every writer learns from their previous works. So the my fourth novel, which I've just handed in now, I feel so much more confident than I did when I started writing Destination Thailand, which is my debut. Um, and that just kind of comes with confidence and, and time, I guess. Yeah. I saw a picture on social media of your post-it planning. Talk me through what that what that is, because I was fascinated. Yeah, that just looks a total mess, really. <laughs> See, That's I thought it looked genius. If it's if it's what I think it is, I think it sounds genius. <laughs> so it was something I've learned from, again, from hanging out with the writers. Some of the tips that I picked up was that screenwriters actually use in the way that you plot a novel, very similar to how, how screenwriters plot movies. So you have your three different acts, and at the kind of turning point of each act, something exciting has got to happen. That's kind of the most basic way of summing it up. So what I like to do with my post-its is plan each chapter out, and I know that at the 25% mark, something's got to happen to then spin into the, the, the next section, which will take me through to the 50% mark, and that kind of thing. Um, but it, I do like to go a bit crazy with the posters. Loads of different colours, highlighter pens. I'm, I'm a sucker for stationary books and anything shiny and new notepads. I, I, I need them. 
<laughs> no, I hear you. Because I mean, often you can find that when you're writing scenes that they fit better in different places. So I like the idea of the post-its being able to move and and plan stuff that way. It's Yeah, it's really fluid. So you can totally start moving things around, moving chapters and, and things will come to you as well. Like the characters you'll introduce, you'll think, no, I need to introduce them earlier on for the, the readers to kind of really get get to know them better. Or you'll or move them to later if they've got a smaller part. And it's I don't like to be kind of stuck down with a with a word document planning it that way because I feel it's a bit more set in stone. I like to be able to like flick up these post its and and stick them on my walls and and just kind of make a big mess t- to other people. But in my head, it looks perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. What advice do you have for other writers? Oh, so I think the biggest tip that I kind of picked up and I was always really scared of was actually to read whilst I'm writing the first two novels I wrote I didn't read at all whilst I was in the actual writing stage um because I was worried that the the novels I'd read I'd either think god my mind is so awful there's no point carrying on or they would affect my writing and I I was starting to read things quite a lot of psychological thrillers and suddenly these lovely beach holiday rom-coms had a real like dark twist to them and so I was kind of a bit nervous about getting too much into reading other people's books whilst I was writing my own but what I've also learned is that to write better you need to be able to read critically so I now pick up novels from kind of any genre and any author and really read it in a, with a critical eye on and think, well, what are they doing? How have they hooked me in? How has that character pulled on my heartstrings? How have they failed or done that it's so incredible? The, the good and the bad, really. And kind of taking as much as I can and applying it in my own work. Mm-hmm. And so we hear a lot of advice for writers who are trying to find an agent, trying to find the editor we hear less advice for once you've got those things, how to work with your agent and work with your editor. Do you have any tips for that or any experiences that might be beneficial? Um, I think you need to get on with them. You need to like them. I've heard a lot of people, they were so desperate for an editor or an agent that they would just say yes to whoever um, got in touch with them without really thinking, we're going to have a relationship that's going to grow and change for the next couple of years, hopefully. Um, or even longer and so you need to have know that person is your complete cheerleader that they are on your side that they're back in your corner but also that they respect you enough that when things aren't going well that they can easily tell you this isn't working let's try this different route and you're not worried to t- listen to that feedback you're not going to start sobbing in the corner that they hate you you need to kind of have that thicker skin but trust and respect what they do have to say to you um, so I guess my advice is don't is to really think about this relationship you're getting into. It's, it's uh, it could be really important for both of you, and it needs to be something that you're you're confident with that you can speak up if things don't feel right. But also, you're happy enough to listen when when you know things are great either. One of the threads I've kind of heard through the travel and the writing, you you seem a very positive person. And is that, were you always like that? Is that something you fostered? Is that like a practice? God, thank you. That's really nice to hear. Um, Yeah, it's something I've really worked on. Um, My auntie who lives in France, I lived with for a bit, she's hooked me into kind of a lot of self-help reading and positive mindsets and asking the universe. And at first I thought it was just, she, she was losing her marbles. But actually the more time I spent with her and it kind of rubbed off on me that I thought, why wouldn't you want to live this life in a really positive, happy way and look for the good in things and, and appreciate what you've got and be grateful and 
and all these things that we take for granted and I'm much more mindful I guess of of the life that I'm, I'm living and and these incredible opportunities that have come to me and really appreciative of, of, of everything that, that's happened um probably a lot more than I would have been and I just feel like I do feel like the luckiest girl in the world and so why wouldn't I be happy it's incredible <laughs> oh, that's awesome because I do, yeah, I do talk a little bit on the podcast about the importance of gratitude because I think it's so easy for us to get into our our negative mindset or to be, you know, frustrated by what's going on. But you're, you're exactly right when it comes to travel. That gives you a lot of perspective. And I think especially when you're working towards a goal to remember how far you've come and also how lucky you are along the way, it's so important to actually enjoy the journey. Yeah, definitely. We, we don't know how long we've got on this planet, so you may as well put everything you can into projects and different things and, and enjoy them as, as they go on. Especially writing a book, it takes so long and you kind of by the end of it, you'd, you'd never want to see that book again. You're sick of it. But then you then have a, have a little break or, and you then see it in, in it's an ebook or in the, in the print copy and you just feel so incredible that you created that, these thoughts in your head have turned into something that you can hold and read and other people can enjoy. And like you said, it's having that kind of deadline of this, you are creating something and there are times when it will be tough and times when you want to give up. But if you can persevere, then then the rewards are so worth it. Yeah. Have you found with your books that you're getting a particular kind of feedback from readers or do you have a particular type of reader that seems to have emerged? Um, I think... I've got so many emails um, and messages on all my social media channels from readers who have either been dumped or in, in a quite toxic relationships that they're trying to get out of and who felt inspired, I guess, by, my, by what I've done to, to, to not just let being dumped be the end of them, to kind of realise that you don't need to do the whole Bridget Jones eating ice cream and, and singing power ballads. You can go out there, pick yourself up and go and live the life that you've never expected but always dreamed of. No one's holding you back now. That's why I also hear a lot of people said their ex-boyfriends or girlfriends would never have imagined that they could do such a thing and they've knocked their confidence. And so by building it up and getting out there and, and, and going on these incredible adventures is uh, it's incredible to, for me to read and to know that my books have inspired people to do that or my story has helped them get that confidence to, to book the plane ticket. And yeah, it, and that will never stop being amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. And have you gotten pictures of people reading your books in foreign locations? Yeah, yeah, that's also really cool. Like we did, had a really nice shot from on Destination India of this girl who was reading it on an Indian train. And in the in the book, there's this whole scene about getting a train in India and the kind of the perils and pitfalls that that involves. So that was that was really lovely to hear. But on, on my blog, um, we have a section called the Real Life Lonely Hearts Travel Club. And this is from readers who've got in touch and shared their stories. And that's kind of really been fantastic to put together of people who have changed or had these had these awful experiences and, and put their hands up and said, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have go and see the world and I want to live the life that I want. And they've shared their photos and their incredible stories. And some of them I'm, I'm sobbing when I'm reading them, but also having this incredible buzz that actually they've, they've achieved what they set out to. And, and it's great to share that with other, other readers. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I love that you've got that section on the website. I think it's such a... <laughs> It's a great outreach kind of 
element to it but yeah yeah I think it's nice to, like to, just to inspire others and to share your story and to realize that you're not alone that it doesn't have to be the scary thing and, and being dumped doesn't have to be the end of you that so many other people are going through it and and making and achieving incredible things um, and that can be you too and I just wish that I'd had read that when um, my relationship broke down I think that could have saved a lot of the healing time could have been a lot quicker and, and the kind of getting over the heartbreak could probably could have happened faster. But I guess it's nice to be able to share that with other people now. Well, you might not have had the book that you have now if you'd had it at the time. Exactly. No regrets. <laughs> so what does an average day look like for you now? You, you write, you freelance. Is there another section to your career we're not aware of? Uh, yeah, blogging, writing, freelancing. Just keeping in touch with readers, in touch with my agent and editor, um, kind of, I've got, I do, like I said, I do get quite a lot of comments and emails that, that I really try to respond to and, and I'm, I am getting behind on that, but that's something I'm really conscious of. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also pregnant, so this is taking a lot of my time up, just cooking this little baby in me. So um, life is very, very different to how it was when I first started out. Um, and I'm loving every moment, but, but a typical day doesn't kind of feel like it really exists at the moment. Yeah. What are you, what do you expect to be big changes post baby in terms of travel and writing? Yeah. Writing, I think will be completely fine. I think I'm, I'm got enough support to kind of make sure that I can get my writing time done. Travel might be a little bit trickier to begin with as I'm kind of finding my feet, having a child and, and all that entails and being a mother, but it's definitely something that's not going to stop me from going out and seeing the world. We're going. I'm going to Spain in a few weeks. We're already going to get the passport sorted for the baby, so we're going to France a few weeks after after the the baby's here. Um, and then I've just been in talks trying to get to a, a trip to Morocco booked for later in the year. So there's small, probably more smaller city break trips. I imagine my travels, but definitely not stopping completely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And there's so many great travel blogs out there by parents who are traveling with their kids I think it's phenomenal yeah and again really inspiring it shows that you don't have to just because you have a child doesn't mean that you're tied to your to your to your lounge you can never leave your house again people are going out there and doing it's such inspiring things with with their babies and showing them the world I think what what an achievement and how great would that be to look back at your travel photos and realize that you, you saw the world before you could even walk <laughs> yeah I remember my husband and I were trekking through um, or backpacking in Vietnam and there was this Australian family that we kept running into north to south that were traveling with their 10 and 12 year old and they were going for like a month or two months and I thought what an incredible experience like I definitely want to do that with my kids yeah for, for everyone involved I think you would learn so much a child would learn so much and it's that education that that you get when you travel that as an adult you still get but as a child the things you must see I think it would you would blow your mind but it would make you such a cool person yeah I wish I'd done that when I was little I know were you like did you grow up in a family that were travelers not really I didn't get I didn't go on an airplane till I was 14 we just had lots of um European kind of breaks that we kind of drove to um but yeah I'd love to have done a long haul epic adventure I guess money does hold you back a little bit um and maybe the opportunities now it is easier to kind of get about with social media and and the opportunities we've got I think it doesn't it doesn't life doesn't stop when you've had a baby and if you'd love to travel then why would you give up that passion 
Yeah. And I'm just throwing this out there for our listeners. The one piece of advice I have for traveling with your kids is travel before they're two. They are free on an airplane and just just go. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we went to Scotland for a month when my son was four months old. And I was actually dreading it because he had colic at the time and he was definitely a... Uh, challenging child but he slept almost the entire flight from Canada to the UK and I was like this is actually incredible and we had such a great time you know rather than being in my house every day we were walking in Scotland and eating delightful fish and chips and great food and seeing family so it was um no I highly recommend traveling with kids very good I bet you were the the smug mum and you get off the plane can my child (laughs) oh no 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 because as soon as we got off the plane that's when his uh, volume went up a few notches so (laughs) yeah but such is life so do you want to tell us a little bit about your fourth book that's in the works or whatever you're able to tell us yeah, so my fourth novel, um, so it follows the same sort of group of people. We have Georgia Green, who's the backpacker, the reluctant backpacker, we'll say, um, as she goes off on her travel adventures. So each of my novels in the series is a different destination with the same kind of group of characters. So we've had Destination Thailand, Destination India, Destination Chile, and the fourth one, the name is still yet to be announced, so I won't give that away just yet, but it is going to be set um, in Australia where I spent a bit of time last year and just completely fell in love with the country. So I'm really excited about this one. And it's very kind of true to life of my own life with the experiences that that I've been through more than probably India and Chile were. So it would be interesting for readers to hear from readers and see if if they they can kind of work out which is kind of fact and fiction. Um, So that's due out at the end of July. And I'm just at the very beginning stages of the fifth book in the series, which is set in Bali. I was there at the end of last year. And yeah, again, a, an incredible country with with real warmth and, and the people met were fantastic, but some cracking stories I can't wait to share with readers. And that must have been an interesting experience traveling pregnant. Yeah, this is a whole new reason. This is a whole new thing. And again, a long haul flight from the UK to Bali. The, the problems and the worries that you have about the food and all these these fears you get told when you're pregnant, the things you can and can't eat, and and just being, I was in my my first trimester then, I think, just for me going into the second, so I was completely exhausted, and it was so humid, and trying to get about and see the country and and research for this book, but um, but at the same time, it, it was a really great experience to kind of have a, this trip that wasn't my my typical backpacker trip. There was no alcohol involved either, so it was. A- different experience (laughs) yeah so before we wrap up with the final five questions I'm hoping you could chat to our listeners a little bit about your website and what they can expect to find at Not Wet or Dead yes and Not Wet or Dead was set up like I said to start to share my my travel journey when I was a broken-hearted backpacker Um, it has since evolved to sharing my time of living in France my travel tips and advice for, for new backpackers, for solo female travellers especially, and the kind of the safety and, and advice that I can give and the tips I've learned along the way. It's a place for writers to go to as well, for people to kind of read my story and my writing, my publishing journey. I share again lots of tips I've picked up from through, through, uh, through this experiences. And the Real Life Travel Club, 
that I told you about that um, we've got some exper incredible experiences from people who, who again, have, have been dealt a really rough hand in life, but not let it affect them and picked up the backpack and, and, and gone on to see the world. And I think it's just really inspiring. And, and yeah, I hope people kind of click on the site and, and get involved and, and enjoy kind of the, the, the journeys that we've all been on. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And we'll include links to the website in the show notes, including uh, a couple of your great posts on um, how to write an, I think it's how to write a kick-ass synopsis and your, your publishing journey. So we'll definitely include those links. And great news for our listeners. Katie is going to be giving away an ebook version of Destination Thailand. So we'll have all the details on how you can win a copy of that at the very end of the podcast. So make sure to listen through. So with the time coming to a close, we will wrap up with our standard five questions that we ask in a Girl Tries Life interview. So Katie, what are the things or the projects that get you really fired up and excited? Um, I think anything where I'm going to be working with people that I admire, whether it's an agent or editor or whether it's a writing friend or whether it's it's someone that I've not don't know yet, but I'm trying to start a relationship with. Um, I think it's just fascinating sharing and listening and, and kind of combining different worlds together from different projects. Um, and I'm so I'm such a sucker for a good story as well. So anyone that's new and different, I'm kind of all over and want to know everything about them. And um, and then they, but they do worry that some of their tales may end up in, in a future novel. So I do have to be a bit careful with that. But yeah. <laughs> What are what's the most inspiring book you've read in the past few years? And I know this can be a tricky question for some people, so if it's a couple books, that's totally fine. Yeah, tricky, but and it's probably a bit cliche with what I do, but I would have to say that Wild by Cheryl Strayed just I read that when I was in Brazil, um, and I just thought, wow, I want to be best friends with this woman. Um, it hasn't happened yet, but. I'm still waiting. I'm still social stalking and pestering. Um, but I just, again, a, a story of a woman who kind of didn't let her life kind of dictate her um, and challenged herself and pushed herself to, to, to become the person that she wanted to be really resonated with me and, and a lot of kind of my readers. And I just thought, yeah, she's, she, she knows she's been through a hard time, but she came out the other side and, and what an achievement. Have you, do you listen to the Dear Sugar podcast? Yes. Uh, I honestly feel like if I, not that my mom's not fantastic, I love my mom, but if I could have a second mother, I would want it to be Cheryl Strayed for her great advice and experiences. Yeah. Cheryl and Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. Them, it could be like your, your cool aunts. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping you could share what your favorite quote is and why. See, I actually have two with favorite quotes that I kind of listen to quite a lot. So my first is this too shall pass. This one just reminds me that when life is going good, everything's incredible and you're feeling on top of the world, just to remember and have that gratitude of th that everything is going so well because it could not. But then the opposite side of when things are going really awful and, and you're in a very bad place, realise that it's not going to be like that forever. It's only temporary. And I think that just kind of reminds me to that to make the most of every moment and to make the most of now rather than worry about the past or fret about the future. Um, and it's something I'm definitely trying to work on more. And my second quote is from Erin Hansen, and it's, what if I fall? 
but my darling what if you fly I just love that one I just think oh it just gives me all the goosebumps of you never know unless you 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 do try and if you fall then you might do but you could completely achieve incredible things yeah and it ties in so well to what you write yeah I just love it oh I'm gonna get it framed I think we uh, my 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 wedding we got um uh, one of our readings was from another of her poems well we'll wrap up really quick we've got two more questions so what's the best life uh life lesson that you've learned or advice that you've been given life lesson is to be kind to yourself you need to look after yourself your mental health and your your physical well-being and you can I did get myself in quite a bad way with a lot partying and drinking and trying to kind of escape when I did have a lot of problems but actually to, to have an early night and a bath and a good book and and a hug and just just really look after yourself um and my other advice that my mum gave me when I first went traveling was to treat yourself like you would treat your best friend so she made me think that if I was in any situation where I would say to my best friend what are you doing like maybe get out of this or he's not really trustworthy or why have you done that and to have that awareness, I would never expect my best friend to go through that. So why would I then put myself in that position? Um, I just thought that was quite good to kind of have that sort of perspective on on the situations we were going through. That is so important. We just did a podcast on this, on the importance of being gentle to yourself and kind and treating yourself like you would your best friend. So it's just, I completely agree on that front. And so finally, Katie, what does it mean to you to live your best life? To live your best life, I think, to be a good person, to surround yourself in positivity and to have fun, to, to not take it all too seriously, to, to not dwell on the past and not to, to worry about what is going to come up tomorrow or, or in, the, in the future because you never know what is going to happen. And I'm, I am total proof that you never know what is going to happen and such good can come out of such an awful situation. Well, thank you so much, Katie. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. Oh, good. We'll have to do it again sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Am I right or is Katie awesome? We had such a blast doing this interview and I highly recommend you follow her on Twitter at NotWetOrDead and you'll find that in the show notes. Today's show notes can be found at www.girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash 2828. Hard to believe we're already on episode 28. Now, I promise to tell you how you could win a copy of Katie's book in the show notes, so go back to girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash two eight, you will find a link to the Facebook post specific to this. Now, in order to win a copy of Katie's book, you have to like the Girl Tries Life Facebook page and you have to share that post because we want more people to enter and find out about Katie's awesome book and her story and all the cool things that she is up to. Now, I will pick a winner in a week's time. So at 11.59 p.m. on June 2nd, I will be picking a winner and we will get in touch with you. Now, I'm not going to guarantee how quickly that book will make it to you because do you know what? Katie is 39 weeks pregnant right now and she might very well be having her baby. So, you know, I'm not going to rush her, but a book will be making its way to you. And we are so honored that Katie has agreed to do that. So the next podcast episode will be coming out on June 8th, and that is an interview with Kaylee McDonald, who is the blogger behind Unpregnant Chicken. 
We talk about infertility, uh, which is specifically what she blogs about. We talk about parenting. We talk about a life lived online. We talk about mental illness and depression and 13 reasons why. Basically, we talk about a whole lot of fun stuff and, well, a whole lot of interesting stuff. And Kaylee is someone who I know personally. We met through our birth and babies class and we bonded over being bloggers. It is an awesome interview and I can't wait for you to experience it. Now, the way to not miss a podcast episode is to go to iTunes and subscribe to the Girl Tries Life podcast. That way it will automatically come into the device of your choosing and you won't miss an episode. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would please ask you to head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review because it really helps other listeners to find the podcast. And it's also going to help me to figure out what kind of content you are loving and where we can make some adjustments or improvements and basically just gives me some feedback that there are actually people listening to this. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I look forward to chatting to you on June 8th. And until then, just remember that to achieve your goals, you need to take action. So after this podcast, I want you to take two minutes and think about what you can do today in order to achieve your goals to get you that one step closer. So thank you so much. And we will chat next time. Take care.